One day, the Emperor de Moray demanded that his son, Prince Will, marry. He decreed a holiday and a royal procession through the empire. Risa McConaughey, Empress de Moray, a cheeky fairy tale. Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am heading over the Rocky Mountains across the prairie provinces of Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba to the vibrant city of Toronto, Ontario. And I am going to meet up with Risa McConaughey, a dear blogger friend, artist, photographer, and established costume designer in film, television, and digital media. Risa has worked her costume designer magic on productions for Showtime, ABC, Disney, CBS, CBC, Hallmark, and more. She brings out personalities with her costume designs and adds dramatic moods to each scene by balancing texture and colors. Reese's mission is to enable the articulation of character through wardrobe, and she does it brilliantly through storytelling. An illustration of this talent is captured in Empress de Moy recently published on Flapper Press, an online magazine created by Elizabeth Grayson and an international team of talented artists and writers. Today, Risa invited us to Art Bounds, the world of art and glamorous fantasy. So put the kettle on and add your thoughts on tea, toast, and trivia. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I am looking forward to sharing this moment with you. Well, thank you for coming and thank you for having me on Tito's and Trivia. Thank you for welcoming me to your home and to your magic kingdom. Fashion, glamour and fantasy. Why are these things important to us, Risa? To me, it's the power of having fun. They uh, enhance the experience of life. The escape. They're escaping from this reality, and art is a form of escape in a way. Glamour is an escape. Many people do love watching the gowns on the red carpet. Not that they get to wear a gown, maybe a wedding gown, maybe a prom gown. Basically, most of us on the planet probably never wear a gown in our life, but we can escape somehow looking at all that gorgeous beauty create something. It's like looking at any kind of art because making a gown is art. It's not like making clothing. You know, there's a lot of uh, craft and experience of uh, needlework. It really is craft turned into an art form. Right now, during this time, I'm making an art gown. (laughs) Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I started a new one and drawing my gown tunes. I know. I love those gown tunes. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, an opera, young Charlotte Hoser named them gown tunes. So I thought that was such a cute word for them that I kept it. Well, I like it. And it really feels that ability for storytelling, doesn't it? I have a whole fantasy where each art gown has her own personality, her own story, where she came from. And if you really get into reading about it, they used to squabble a bit. They throw dinner parties and Risa does the dishes. And I used to have another blog. It's my website now. And I had to reclaim 
lisamcconaughey.com for my website. So I started art gowns and I moved all the art gowns over to art gowns. And the first uh, episode was they had to go get their own apartment because they were just lazy. They wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't do dishes. They wouldn't vacuum. They wouldn't go shopping. They wouldn't dust the other apartment. And somehow I ended up being their maid. I'm the maid. (laughs) And that's the beauty of what you do. You bring art in the form of story. And that captures our imagination and we become part of the story. Right. When I started the whole thing, I I would be washing dishes and I think, okay, I'm washing dishes, but I'm going to wash dishes in strawberry kisses or one of my other gowns. Maybe I have too much imagination, but in my mind, I can wash dishes in any of my art gowns or vacuum or whatever I want to do. So I wear them in my imagination and thinking my art gowns are for the rest of us who never get to wear gowns. But what I'm still trying to come up with something clever. The best I've come up with so far is gowns of art for the proletariat. That's the best I've come up with so far. (laughs) (laughs) Risa, I understand that the art gowns or art tunes on the creations that you come up have been inspired by beautiful people who care. That's a wonderful way of starting an art piece to remember and to think of somebody who cares. Yes. Well, these are mostly blogging pals. I did one for my Norman and I did one for Elizabeth Grayson, who are not in our blogging community, but everybody else has been part of the blogging community. I like their paintings. I like their poetry. I like their writing. There's something. You get to know them a little bit better through comments, uh, maybe even connect on email with a couple of people. You think, oh, that's a really nice person, kind of a, a feeling for them or something. And, and then one day I'm looking through these fabrics. By the way, I just got 15 pounds of musky old fabrics mailed to me. So I'm very excited. Uh, they're in the hallway. They smell a bit, but uh, I will wash them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be looking through fabrics or I'll find some pieces. I might even just find a pillowcase. The one I'm doing now is like a big pillowcase. It's a a brocade pillowcase and a piece of heavy potassoir. These fabrics are from the 70s or 80s. They don't make fabrics like this anymore. The potassoir part is, I would say, maybe 80s. There's a bit of stretch in it. It weighs a ton, but boy, is it lustrous. The thing is, it's uh, earth tones, kind of. Even though they're shiny or whatever or rich, it's still earth tones. You go an earth tone art gown, an earth tone gown. Uh, but then I go, you know, earth grows flowers. And flowers are some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And they come in all colors and they have green with them. And so now all of a sudden, this earth tone palette becomes a garden bed. One of the blog pals, Amy from Her Lady Pink Rose, roses and all kinds of flowers. I mean, she goes out of her way with the macros, takes the most gorgeous pictures of flowers, and her flower pictures just burst into my mind. So that's how it happens. Now this will be dedicated to her. She's going to have to wait a few months (laughs) while I do needle in, needle out, because they're all handmade. I don't do any machine sewing. They're all handmade. Is that a form of meditation for you? Yes, it is. It's very zen. And especially even before in film, you know, when I was working a lot. And then there's this breakdown exhaustion time after where you repair. And that's when I would normally work on the art gowns. Uh, Now I don't work as much and I actually like doing them a lot more. It's really great. I mean, there's the draping. 
the creative part and the decisions, which is all such a joy. But the, the Zen meditation part, needle in, needle out, needle in, needle out, and sometimes pressing, <laughs> ironing. <laughs> <laughs> we all find our way of capturing a moment of peace. And it seems to me that this is something that you have learned to do. Your imagination brings it together. You see it in your mind and you then start to contemplate. It's an iteration process. It doesn't happen immediately, does it? Uh, no, like right now I have uh, the two pieces I was talking about draped on the Judy. And so I've got some sort of basic idea and I've been picking up scraps, but now I'm getting more fabric. So I'm waiting to see where they all come. I'm going to be making a lot of flowers for the garden. How big will they be? How clustered will they be? What kind of greens will they have? Well, that's all. I mean, everything is to be determined. And I'm not locked into anything. Right now, I would say the only thing I'm locked into are the base fabrics I'm using and my idea for where I'm going with the shape of the gown. But as I work on it, the new ideas happen. And after a bunch of needle in, needle out, certain things are now etched in stone or needles, if you will, needles and thread. They stay the same. And then I keep creating and creating and then finally one day all the flowers have been designed maybe they've been made but all there is left to do is the tail <laughs> there's no more decisions there's no changes you're unlocked in and that happens about 80 percent of the way through the gown so it's constantly evolving and it's just so great to not have to put the whole idea there and stick with it when i'm doing an art gown it's a constant creative process I'd just like to mention some of the names because they're so beautifully put together. Velvet Tango, Queen Isabella. Velvet Tango, what was all that about? It was just lovely. It was dedicated to a Holly House of Heart, the poet. And her poetry, it's in a league of its own. That's what I think. It really is. She has a certain magic and it's just like, wow. Velvet is like her tongue. So I've always thought of her poetry as falling off of a velvet tongue, even though it's written in the mind, the tongue in the mind, I guess. So I thought velvet was so perfect and tangled, you know, being a dance of romance. And uh, and then I had that old velvet coat and it started out a black blob draped on the, the Judy and the coat taken apart and the pieces just pinned. Well, what am I going to do with it? Just started. So there it is, velvet tango. Well, and then there's... Mademoiselle Emily, Contessa Fiori, and it transformed under the needle in and needle out. Athena Graffiti Goddess, I can bet you who I know who that's about. <laughs> that uh, was dedicated to Aquiliana. From Argentina. And then what I also find so intriguing about what you do is that you take things from everywhere and it's a repurposement and you know how to upcycle, repurpose and use unwanted fabrics. You never go out and buy something brand new. No, no, I did for Holly's gown, but I went in the back of the jobbers where you have to pack your way with the machete through the cobweb. <laughs> it would have been used as a lining in its time, but I believe it's sort of a Bengaline type weave maybe uh, from the 70s, wanted enough yardage of black to be dramatic for the tango. 
Uh, that was interesting. And I made Lady Anne out of an old pair of leather pants from my rock and roll partner and his old leather coat from the 80s with the big shoulders. I had a lot to work with. And then, you know, I had a lot of cheap lace laying around. So that was interesting. And then nothing is off the table here. We have La Vie en Rosé. She is embellished with 300 wine corks. So, okay, I went out and I spent some money, 20 cents a yard for some soutache, which is a very, very, very thin cording. Very thin, though. It's not a ribbon. It's used for, like, I forget, Montessori work, I think, or something. Anyways, attach the, the wine corks to that. Tie a wine cork, leave a bit of a string, tie a wine cork, and then built panniers off the side and down the tail in the back. They look like some sort of expensive bobble on the gown. They really do. I mean, I wish I was taking better pictures at the time and I didn't have the art gown room, but the use of the, the corks is brilliant. And the cats loved it too. I would lock the door, I'd get up in the morning, and one of the cats, Pupkin, knew how to open a door. You know, I figured that out. And they would attack these corks and the, the cording, and I'd get up in the morning, and all this beautiful splaying of ribbon or soutache and corks would be one big knot, one big giant knot. And it would take about four hours to untangle it. I mean, I had to do everything, the chairs in front of the doors. They wanted at it. Well, she was fun to me. I'm sure they did. <laughs> like you said, it's all about fun. And guess what? They found it. You also have art gowns for charity. How did that come about? Well, I got sick and tired of the art gowns just lounging around while I served them and did their housework for them. So I decided to put them to work as ambassadors for charities. And uh, I need to catch that up on my blog a bit. The person I dedicate it to can pick their favorite charity, and I'll just put the banner under the gown on the sideboard there. You like a gown, maybe you like the charity. Many people have picked uh, Doctors Without Borders, and that is a really great charity. And maybe finally someone will just say, I'm just going to go over and take a look. Maybe they'll make a donation. Maybe they'll volunteer or something. It doesn't matter. But I decided to put them to work as ambassadors. I thought it'd be great if I used them in some way, if somebody was having an event to raise money for charity, we could put them on either a model or put them on uh, mannequins, decorate the way in or something. But they are the kind of gowns somebody could wear. The last 10 I've made, I've made them so people can wear them. My first art gown I made that wasn't taken apart, the first one was Mystic Lake. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Inspired by ducks. Really? Yeah, yeah, uh, and dedicated to Belen Soto. I know her. Yeah, it all started. I bought a ceramic duck from her, and now I have a whole family of ducks. I do adore the ducks, and so I made her an art gown and called it Mystic Lake. Because, you know, in our mind, the ducks go and fly out over Lake Ontario all the time, you know. It's a beautiful image. Yeah, <laughs> and that was the first one. And a professional photographer did take pictures of it on a model. So that was the first time I ever saw one of my art gowns on a model. And uh, so I, after that, I started building the art gowns in components. So I could take the components, like it looks like one gown, but usually the components are a top and a bottom, unless it's a one piece, and a tail. So sometimes the tail unclips, sometimes it's just like a bustle piece, sometimes it's a top and a bottom, but they're done in components. And this way, I'd say my Judy is a size six. So 
building them in components, I could take somebody who's a size two, up to a size eight, maybe even a 10, and put the components on them. And even if I maybe have to change some of the design structure, you know, buttoning up in the back, I can just fold it over and have a bare back all of a sudden, and I can get it on somebody two sizes bigger. So in case I ever got another model, which was whatever size they were in that range, I could uh, accommodate it somehow. And here's something I just shot about two weeks ago. I'm still going through the uh, 1,200 plus pictures I took of a friend of mine, a young uh, stylist who I helped get into the film business, mentored her. So I'm giving back and trying. She modeled Licencia de Titania. Ooh. So that was dedicated to Brenda Davis Harsham who has her Friendly Fairy Tales blog. Tanya is a very famous fairy. She modeled that for me, and that was, and I took those pictures myself, which was really great. And uh, now she came back, you know, I want to thank you. Can I model another art gown? I love your art gowns. So I had her over on a nice day. She modeled Velvet Tango. Oh, really? And because, you know, uh, of the nature of our times right now, I thought, well, we got a fire escape in the back. And we've got an alley filled with graffiti, not street art, graffiti. And I thought, what a great juxtaposition for a gown. So uh, we went out there and took a lot of pictures, different perspectives, and uh, on the fire escape. And they really, really came out nice. I mean, she's just an everyday person. And this is who I like to model my gowns. Absolutely. My niece modeled Artemis by Moonlight for me. And I took pictures. She's a tomboy. You know, she says, I'm not wearing high heels. And her hair is just like long and gorgeous and beautiful. She barely combed it. It was perfect. Uh, She was young. She had her youth going for her in that. So she could get away with that. But you know what? I had bare feet when I modeled too. My feet were tired too. I could have worn high heels, but I went, you know, uh, this is kind of neat in the bare feet. I like this uh, juxtaposition stuff. You know, the gown comes out better as opposed to being all one piece. It still really just highlights the art thing. I like your idea of a beauty. Could you explain a little bit more how you bring beauty into your life? Uh, one of my new things is letting my hair go gray. <laughs> I actually, I'm liking it. I like the way I look. I always want to be beautiful. Everybody wants to be beautiful. And we find it in our own right. Maybe it's through our art. Maybe it's through writing. Maybe it's through defying the commercial idea of beauty. Maybe that makes us beautiful. And that's kind of what I'm on to now. Uh, okay, and you know, there are still products, uh, you know, soap deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> are still things I buy basic shampoo, and I do a little bit of makeup, but I'm not going to, not every day. I don't always need it. I can go without makeup just fine. I don't know. I just feel more and more free, and the more I do my art, the more and more beautiful I do feel. I hope maybe if someone discovers my blog, maybe it'll inspire them. All the people who like the art gowns, who like being part of the art gown tunes stories. They're, they're all beautiful. They're all in this beautiful fantasy world. And we're all beautiful, all beautiful together all the time. <laughs> oh, I like that, don't you? Risa, that is what I love about coming to your place. You offer glamour. But more than that, you offer a way in which to accept and embrace every part of our lives because everything that happens to us is beautiful and the people that have come before us have given us something that is so wonderful that we need to embrace it and that sustains us on our journey forward yeah i agree with that definitely 
and virtual community is really great. You know, there's a, there's a limit to how many people I can visit in a day, especially if I'm busy. Sometimes I have a few days I can spend a little more time, you know. I do what I can. And, you know, I do have to spend some time drawing and making the gowns for you guys. <laughs> and that is exactly what I think we do. We send out these random acts of kindness, this one and that one. And, and you've mentioned several of your blogger friends, the ones I also know as well. And what they do is they come together and they inspire each other. They take care of each other. They support and encourage us in whatever our understanding of what we need to do. And I think that when we have those communities, we are creating a virtual community that is compassionate, full of grace. How can people take time for themselves to embrace personal creativity? How would you encourage people to find their own way? And a lot of people, and this is interesting, when I started blogging, because I've always loved poetry, and I was shocked to find out how many poets were blogging. So I was expecting a lot of writers, but poets. And it's almost like there's a whole rebirth of poetry in our blog world. And I was really impressed with that. There's a lot of different poets. Some are really great, some are less great, but I like it all, I appreciate it all. And so maybe you just start writing some poetry. Maybe you just, if there's an inspiration, it takes you two minutes, don't labor it. Just write those words down, that's a poem. I would say, you know, there's a lot of ways, going for walks and just be inspired. For me, it's street art. I go walking in the alleys. So my alleys are my refuge. Gosh, you know, I went for a three and a half hour walk yesterday and I can meditate then. I can be in my own mind and then I find a piece of art and I take pictures and that's a meditation. Photography, there you go. I mean, I think that's a creative thing a lot of people are into right now. I think that uh, online, the virtuosity has created a lot of virtuosity, created a lot of artists in small ways. And you know, I find, oddly enough, I come up with some really great ideas when I'm doing the dishes. So basically, I think just have some think time for yourself. You don't know what you're going to come up with. You might really surprise yourself. You might write those few poems and then write the great Canadian novel. You don't know. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I am thrilled that you are here with me today. It has been a wonderful experience. We've known each other for several years. It's been a real friendship because I know that what you do is compassionate, magical, and in a creative spirit. And I think that is the gift that you give many people, Risa. You build a community with just the power of kindness. And I want to thank you for having me here uh, at Tea's Toast and Trivia. The tea's been great, the toast is crunchy, and you've been wonderful. Thank you, Risa. Listeners, I invite you to meet up with Risa on Art Gowns and on Flapper Press. You are only an internet click away from the world of glamour and fantasy. Until next time, dear friends, keep safe and be well.